the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Hi, it's Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep, and following is a recent episode that Pearl and I did on our weekly show on Facebook called College Talk Tuesday, which you can find at collegetalktuesday.com, where we talked about recent scandal developments, some late-breaking financial aid changes that you need to be aware of, and a whole lot more. So enjoy this episode and let us know what you think. Give us a rating on iTunes, if you, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now. If you find this to be helpful and valuable, and please spread it around to any parents that you know who could use this information. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Andy Lockwood, and this is a joint effort. It's a Facebook video. It's also going to be an episode of our podcast, The College Planning Edge. And uh, I really wanted to just kind of talk through some stuff that's been kicking around in my head recently about the importance of character. I think it's becoming more and more important in our post-Felicity world. And I see evidence of this all over the place, it seems like. You know, it's like when you're shopping for a car and all you see is that model on the the, uh, highway. So uh, just today I was reading an article that appeared in Bloomberg. And the headline is, U.S. Colleges Step Up Admissions Spot Checks After Scandal. U.S. colleges are stepping up scrutiny of student applications as universities deal with the fallout from a scandal that saw parents pay bribes and rig test scores to win places for children. Uh, One quote from the Dean of Admissions at Bowdoin College in Maine, there's always been the pressure to push it a little bit further. We want to relieve that pressure. Bowdoin's application website now states that the school may verify information provided on applications or supplemental materials, and that inaccurate or fabricated information may lead to offers being withdrawn. Uh, Pomona College has something similar in terms of the the scrutiny that they are now giving to applications. So does Yale. And one more quote here. Even before the scandal, students believe that many of their peers cheated to win a place, according to a survey of 212 students by Kaplan Test Prep carried out between February and June. 25% of respondents said they knew or suspected individuals who had overblown their achievements to boost chances of getting in. Now, I think that's low, by the way. I think way more than 25% of students know of people who either lied or used uh, artistic license to be generous on um, on their applications. So I want to talk about a few different things, a few different areas where not only I, but, but Pearl and I have seen this type of stuff kind of rear its its ugly head. So so one area that has been covered many in many places, just not in this article, has to do with getting extended time in testing for the SAT or the ACT. Um, that was at the heart of the scandal involving Rick Singer, Felicity, Laurie, and all their cohorts. 
And um, now my understanding from one of our tutors, Debbie, who, uh, who works with us, who has firsthand knowledge of um, kids getting accommodations, she now thinks that hardly anyone is getting accommodations anymore for extra time for the ACT at the high school that she works at. She works at a very large public, uh, well-regarded public high school, a couple of towns over from us running the resource room there. So that reminds me of, a, of an article that came out in the Wall Street Journal maybe six, uh, six months ago or so that looked at the percentage of kids who received uh, accommodations for extra time. And the beginning of the article, as I recall, mentioned that one out of five students in Scarsdale, New York, received extra time. And then the next paragraph described at New North High School, which is happens to be my alma mater, my high school alma mater, one out of three students received extra time accommodations. And the superintendent of the Newton School District was said, obviously, we don't have that, that, that number or that percentage of kids with learning disabilities here. And I think the national average of kids who get extra, extra time was something like six or 7%. It was under 10. I don't remember exactly what the number was. So I think there's been a little bit of throwing the baby out with the bathwater here as uh, the ACT and I think the College Board for the SAT continue to, um, to deal with the scandal. So one bit of advice I wanted to, uh, to, to give out is if you have someone, a child, with legitimate learning disabilities who, who legitimately needs extra time or other types of accommodations, do not wait until the last minute to line those up with the College Board and the ACT. I would do that as early as ninth or 10th grade. If you suspect that your child needs any types of accommodations, but you haven't yet officially uh, developed or been approved for a 504 or an IEP, then don't wait any longer. Get on that immediately. Even if you suspect it, get them tested because it's harder even for people who legitimately need these accommodations now to, to get them. So let me let talk a little bit about, uh, about character. Um, it's, it's like this article that I mentioned, the, the Bloomberg article, it's no secret that kids exaggerate on their applications. The common application asks for people to put down the number of hours per week and weeks per year that they were engaged in each of the activities that they list. It also encourages kids to, um, to list their, uh, their positions, including leadership positions. Now, a joke that has a lot of truth to it that I say a lot is it seems like everyone applying to college is a leader. There are no followers applying to college. I really wish that I, I could encourage, professionally speaking, encourage a kid to uh, say on their college essay, you know what, I'm just going to show up and you boss me around. I'm not interested in taking on any responsibility, but I can't really recommend that and still have a business such as it is. So strike that from the record. <laughs> However, um, you, you have to be careful about what you're putting down there because colleges are starting to scrutinize it. Now, it's only spot checking. They, they can't possibly review every little uh, little detail. But a lot of people think, well, don't guidance counselors review the common applications? And in fact, they currently, they do not because the filling out the common application or any application is pretty much an honor system. Guidance counselors don't have access to the applications unless you grant them access. Typically what happens at most high schools in New York and a lot of the other areas that we have clients in is that the student will complete the common application and the guidance counselor will upload 
transcripts and teacher recommendations and the guidance counselor recommendation into the Common App without actually logging in. It's done through Naviance by most schools, which is a software that performs several functions, including once it's linked to the Common Application by the student, then that information can be kind of merged together and sent off to each college. So part of me is wondering if guidance counselors are going to be forced to take on a new role in scrutinizing and verifying, doing a little bit of due diligence um, for their kids' applications. I had two instances last year after the scandal came out where students were um, asked to explain some quote unquote discrepancies on their applications long after they had gotten in to their respective colleges. And in each, in each situation, it turned out to be nothing. But one of them was, was pretty dicey because the, um, the, the client, who's a very high achieving young lady, got into her top choice school, which was an Ivy caliber college. And um, after she got in, she withdrew from one of her extracurricular activities because she had a, you know, uh, something else that was going on that was um, very big and much more important in terms of um, her, I guess, budding career. And that was one of the items that uh, her principal said, well, you know, this, how come you're not a member of this club anymore? Because uh, when you applied, it said that you were. And the answer was, you know, things change. And I withdrew because I had this other project that, that required a lot more of my time. And so ultimately, months later, I, I believe it was worked out, but there was a lot of um, back and forth and undue stress. And I think there was something else going on in that situation. I think the, the principal had it in for her in that case. But my point is that anything you put down on an application is subject to somebody possibly reviewing it. Um, one of the admissions officers, former admissions officers, I should say, that works for us, Sarah, she was reviewing someone's application um, this year from a private you know, parochial school. And she was reading the essays. And she texts me. She says, wait a minute, is this another person who founded the robotics team uh, from the same high school? And I said, well, uh, I think this is the legitimate founder. And last year, the person who said they founded it really wasn't that involved. And the extent of her founding it was she talked her parents into writing a check to help fund the, uh, the, the company, I mean, the, the, ro the robotics club. So that's splitting hairs a little bit. But if an admissions officer uh, happens to, you know, happens to read about 20 founders of a certain club from the same high school, then that may cause an eyebrow to be raised. Um, let's talk a little bit more about what colleges are looking for in terms of character. And when I say colleges, I'm talking primarily about admissions officers, but we also have um, a handful of student athletes that we work with each year and we help them in the recruiting process. And it's really the same comments. There are certain types of activities and, um, and extracurricular, in-school, out-of-school, charity, community service type things that send the right signals that it's not all about you as a, uh, as a student. So there, there are many types of um, sports and musical activities that are sort of solo things, like horseback riding is one of them. I know if you're a horse person, you might take umbrage or offense to that. But um, there's a difference between a solo sport and a team sport. Those can send the right signals. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine over Facebook. How his son is trying to get himself recruited from a junior college in Florida to a major Division I school. 
in uh, on the East Coast, and the uh, the dad who is um, he's literally one of the best marketers in the world. He had shown me a letter that the, he and the son had collaborated on just to get me to eyeball, which was very flattering to me. And the letter was magnificent. It talked about the athletic achievements and the academic achievements of the kid and um, how coachable he was. Uh, there's a mention of that. And my comment was, everything's great. I would suggest also that you throw in some more character stuff, like some of the charity stuff that Frank has done, some of the um, coaching to underprivileged kids or younger children that he's in, engaged in, because that sends the right, the right signals to the people that he wants to impress. Uh, I had another conversation a couple of weekends ago when I was out in California with my client, uh, Pam and Chris. And Pam is a, another marketing person, and she was involved with a project that was um, designed to package up the wisdom and teaching of John Wooden, the legendary UCLA Wizard of Westwood uh, basketball coach. I think he has the most championships out of any coach in college basketball history. And he was known just as much for his character development as he was for his coaching prowess. And um, part and parcel of that project, one of the things that they, they did was they pulled a whole bunch of coaches, 100, 150, maybe more coaches to ask them what they felt the number one or the, the, the top characteristics in an athlete that they were looking for. And it wasn't until number five or six or seven when they, uh, they mentioned athletic skill, athletic, athletic ability, that type of stuff. All of the preceding characteristics and traits that they were looking for were how coachable you were, how much of a good team player you were, how you cope with adversity. I thought that was a good one. And when I was talking uh, a couple of days later, after I got back from California to one of my clients, who's uh, a division one softball pitcher, I mentioned that to her and she said, Oh, that's, that's interesting because I was at a camp recently for Ivy league coaches and highly academic coaches. And there are about a hundred of them and maybe 250 of us. So we got a chance to spend you know, a few minutes with, with each of them. And one of them told me that they were watching me pitch they saw me having trouble getting the ball over the strike zone, but they were they singled me out and said, you, you didn't just fall to pieces. You didn't start um, stamping your feet. You didn't yell at the umpire. You got yourself together and and you managed to end up striking out the last batter, which which was great. So those are the types of things that matter, I think, just as much uh, or increasingly as much as grades and scores and all the other stuff that goes into a college application. So I want you to, if you, if you, if you have a child who's headed to college in the next year or two years or three years or more, um, whether it's a student athlete or not, I, th I think it's important to be thinking about what signals are we sending to these admissions officers, these people that we're trying to impress. Um, I don't want to throw her under the bus, but, um, I was, uh, Pearl and I were talking about a, a text exchange that she received um, recently. And the people who are on the text uh, group chat were um, a client who's a, um, a high schooler and a mom and Pearl who had never really talked to the, um, the high school kid. And the high school kid who I know, know to be um, a great kid, very hardworking, very high achieving, 
but also, you know, I think a friendly and, uh, you know, to, in, in my experience, easy to work with and coachable. Um, however, she never said anything to Pearl before this text exchange. And in there, she was asking something and she said, WTF. And she was, she was mad about something. So Pearl's looking at her phone. She's like, who is this? You know what? How dare she think that she can speak to me like that? Um, I don't have any relationship with her. And frankly, if this is how she's going to present herself, you know, to admissions officers, to uh, potential employers, any other people who are in, in uh, positions of influence, that's really not going to help her that much. That is a character flaw. Um, that's the bad news. The good news is this can all be fixed. You just have to pay more attention to it. So I think that's enough for me to uh, get my point across. I'm kind of curious um, if, you're, if you're watching this on our Facebook page or you're listening to this on the College Planning Edge podcast, Kind of curious what your thoughts are because, like I said, I'm still fleshing this out. But I, I really am of the opinion that character is more important than ever. I think that's a good thing because I, I believe that kids with good character who do the right thing, who don't lie or use extensive artistic license on their um, on their applications, are going to have a, a slightly easier time now because I'm hoping that a lot of the more aggressive and you know perhaps uh, a little underhanded applicants are going to have a tougher time. So I'm going to wrap up here. Thanks a lot for watching. Thanks a lot for listening. And let me know what you think. You can, if you're watching this on Facebook, just post a comment here. And if you're listening on the uh, podcast, um, please leave us a rating, hopefully glowing, but um, a rating. And you can always shoot us an email, VIP at LockwoodCollegePrep.com or visit our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Andy Lockwood. Don't forget to visit our website, lockwoodcollegeprep.com, for some more free, valuable information on how you can multiply your chances of admission to your dream colleges and qualify for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships along the way. Visit lockwoodcollegeprep.com for information on our free upcoming workshops and webinars and to download a copy of our number one best-selling book, How to Pay Wholesale for College. That's LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Bye-bye.